welcome to another edition of the Cheesemies Cancelled. My name is Trace. I'm Leo. And today we are reacting to a YouTube video that just came out right now where Leo joins BGYO. In today's episode, we will talk about what it's like when a P-pop group goes from five to six. Why you should be obsessed with P-pop. And how to tell a full story in a four-minute acapella medley. So here we go. Let us watch the first minute of this YouTube video. And you can watch the whole thing on YouTube, but we're gonna give the first minute of it right here on Spotify. Check it out. Hi, I'm Leo. I'm an average Filipino American, and today I'm going to join a P pop group. We are BGYO. Hi, guys. I'm Nate. I'm JL. Yo, guys, I'm Mickey. I'm Jello. I'm Akira. And I'm Leo, and I'm the sixth member of BGYO. <laughs> I think going into this, the first thing I lack is height. <laughs> That's okay. a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'll just hide behind you for that part. Okay. And I think the shortest of them is five foot nine, and I'm five foot six when I lie. Um, <laughs> so today, BGYO is going to be taking me through their P pop training. They have been training for months on months through Star Hunt Academy, and so. I'm going to be getting all of that in just one hour's time. And by the end of this video, I'll be performing their hit song, The Light, with all of them for you. So Aces, um, please support me. <laughs> Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Cool. So we just, we just watched the premiere of... Uh, your video of adding you as a sixth member of BGYO. I didn't realize that the goal was for you to film a music video at the end. I mean, if that wasn't the goal, what, what fun would that? I, I don't know. Been? It was great. It, you, I don't know. That was that was interesting. That was. It was you, you did really, great. It was really stressful. Um, yeah, I mean, I generally liked the video. Obviously, I've been in every part of the creative process for this. I didn't expect to do this video. I remember when we went to the Philippines. Our main goal was let's get them to see the Philharmonic video. And then I remember um, talking to the head of Star Hunt Academy and they wanted something creative. And so we gave them Tinnickling Round. We gave them One Down Reacts with Philharmonic. But then I was like, oh, like what if we can put someone from an outsider's perspective who's like very, the viewer's perspective, like a fan. Mm -hmm. And what better person than like a Filipino American. And so I kind of stepped in because at least from me and my family, I can dance. Yeah. So I have like one thing that I can do with them. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. But overall, I, I think the video was pretty good. I honestly was very nervous like throughout every single part because I think the first part, and this is the cheesiest part, I was like, I do not look like a P-pop idol. Like as in like the, we we've talked about it on the cheese news, like what K-pop or P-pop kind of looks like in terms of like um kind of the Western beauty standard, or, like whatever. Um but I think it was super cool, like having gone through the video and actually being with them and understanding the vibe and going through their training. It really was a whole different experience. Yeah. It started with the vocal warmups. Yes. And so you're not a singer. This was like clearly I'm not. No, yes. I mean, it was you did, you did pretty good for okay. not Every, a singer. And everyone who listens to me is just too kind. But yeah, no, I mean, it's you, you were hitting the actual. Notes, I so tried my best. Yeah. No, no, no. So here's the thing. I mean, you were everyone can sing. Everyone can sing like just. Baseline. Mm -hmm. If you can talk, you can sing. It's like a tone thing that, mm -hmm. like, everyone like you. But you had a good tone, and you were hitting like that high note that Aki mm -hmm. has to hit that really high note. Like that's not just a normal part of your range that when you speak, you end up hitting. Mm -hmm. it's, 
your mix and you hit it in your mix, which is like, okay. this is a, a good, uh, that's pretty good. So that, like that's really high. And so that was, that was, it was interesting to see them do their warm ups too. I've never yeah. seen warm ups that way. And what I, I mean, this is what my guess is when they're doing these warm ups, when you, um, are singing higher in your register. There's like your chest voice and then there's your head voice, which is yeah. weird. And then the mix is like what that note, that note is that like it lets you sing way higher, but you know, doesn't like pull your chest out, you know? Yeah. Um, and so when you rub your parts of your face, like a lot of people and BJ will talk about this a lot. It's like a vocal coach. Um, you sing in your mask, mm-hmm. which is like right here. And so when they're rubbing their face, I'm guessing they're like showing where it should feel like your face is buzzing when you sing it. But I think one thing that I've also seen is like your jaw should be relaxed. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think like at least here where I don't know if this is where your larynx is or yeah. whatever. I don't know the anatomy of it, but I'm assuming like at least these parts, it's like when it's more relaxed, your like your voice will come off a little bit more, at least when you're stretching it out. Yeah. Look, I know nothing about singing. I don't know no, what I'm talking I mean, about. I mean, and it's true. You're right. I, I do think that that like jaw tension is really like. This sort of like buzziness and like making this, this is like 101 stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like the jaw tension is like 201 stuff. Like this is like next, like, you know, you would worry about that after you got like a good tone. Yeah. But, you know, to hit those notes at all, you have to be able to like sing here and feel yeah, like yeah, this yeah. buzziness in your nose. Did you think that helped at all? Like you rubbing your. I think so. I mean, one of the things that like we were short on time. And so we condensed it all into, I think, like a two minute warm up. But originally their warm ups are like 10 minutes and up. Yeah. Um, so it was cool. It was also cool to like go through the. Uh, 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 the scales, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that helps. They were really walking you through like vocal. Work. Yeah. So. All right. And so the next part of the video, you did dance, which was more like your cup of tea. Like this is what you knew how to do. Yeah. I mean, the dance part was like, even though this is technically like my cup of tea, this is like my, my first time learning the dance, uh-huh. but it's like, it's not only just learning the dance. So that's choreography, but blocking mm. is the process of actually putting yourself into the dance. And so imagine like, this is their hit song. They, they've performed this so many times with the five of them. So there is like this extra obstacle of having to find how does the six member go into this? But I actually think that was the funnest part because the most notable part is me and Aki where he slides in. And I'm behind him. And then we go, coom, coom. And we're kind of just like accenting the choreography. So there were certain moments where we actually are playing with the choreography to complement each other. Yeah. How was their approach to choreography and dancing different from what you knew how to do as a dancer? I'm typically choreographing for a larger group of people. And sometimes certain people are accents. Sometimes people are like the main visual. But for BGYO and actually most P-pop groups, it's it's quite interesting because after every single line, a new person has the solo. Yeah. And so the choreography has to actually focus in on that specific person. And so the blocking gets really intricate on like your visual is here on the left side. And then all of a sudden the the soloist is different. It's on the other side. And so on top of just the choreography, having to do the formations is super intense. Um, That's one thing that I have so much respect for all the P-pop groups and K-pop groups. When you actually watch the intricacy of the choreography, it's super cool. The way that they change formation, especially when you notice the difference between like, oh, four people here, five people, or this is like a seven person group. It always changes the dynamic, but they're they're very good in the way that they create those visuals. Yeah. And one small thing is that when you're an odd number member, like when you have five or seven or nine, there's always a center. 
Yes, so which is great. Answer. And it's tough when you're even because like there's yes. never a center to look at. No, exactly. That's why like when I watch Blackpink music videos, yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, they did it really good. And again, for here, like the, I added a sixth member. Yeah. And so um, if you watch the choreography, it is kind of like interesting because it feels a little bit off balance, but we still worked our way through the choreography to find this like central focus. Which BGYO member like took the charge of like choreography? It was like the choreographer. So that that was Nate. But like I said before, Nate actually entered into Philippine entertainment he when he was a teenager because he was on a dance show. Yeah. So yeah, Nate was the one kind of teaching me. But I, I will say that again, each member has their like solo part. And when they have that solo part, it's their choreography. Mm-hmm. So Nate was kind of leading the warm-ups and he was kind of helping in terms of the blocking. But every single person taught me one section because I had to learn their own solo section. Interesting. What about the music? Like who was leading like the vocal warm-ups? It was mostly JL. So mm-hmm. right over here. In terms of vocals, it mostly was JL. He also was teaching me like falsetto. And oh, then nice. we, we actually, like this isn't in the video, but we sing his, um, their song, Kundiman. It was the worst thing I've ever heard. Like <laughs> me, like I literally was the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Which is why it'll never see the light of day. But yeah, he taught me that. It was actually Nate and Aki who taught me a little bit about beatboxing. I know you've like kind of showed me too, but they also did that. We didn't show that in the video. Um, And then Mickey, of course, um, covered rap. And And so he was teaching you that like, yes yes, 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 yes. So it was super cool. Like they all kind of taught me a little thing about like performing and like singing and it's cool they each have their own like specialty like each have their own yes 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 which and you know philharmonic was the same thing where like each person kind of has their own niche in terms of like what they like to do and how they can add to the group on top of that just like everyone finding their specialty really helps but make the group chemistry and they they actually cast for that i believe like really yeah i mean here's the thing and we've talked about it before like k-pop is a business strategy and in looking at forming p-pop groups they are in a sense looking at k-pop as the blueprint and so understanding like who is the main visual or who is like the best dancer who is the rapper like you actually can do a breakdown of every single p-pop group and identify those people Um, and at p-pop con that's actually how they um they introduce themselves sometimes they'll say like the part they that they do so if like if it was philharmonic it would have been like oh i'm jules i'm the bass yeah oh i'm nico i'm the beatboxer etc but it, it actually is the same thing in p-pop yeah interesting so the last part of this video was the the fashion side of it you know, yes. to wear. so who picks what they wear okay so they actually do have a visual director he was supposed to be there on set um and he was going to style me because you know their their whole style is like they they have a team but because he wasn't there what we kind of did is just like find all of the different clothes that everyone brought and then just like put different stuff on me to try to see like which one would meld the best yeah i mean i i don't personally like what i was wearing (laughs) (laughs) but that's besides the point the thing that i think is interesting though is like i was very uncomfortable with what the end attire was But I think that's cool. Like, if I was in my comfort zone the entire time, like, that would have been a dumb video. Um, I think the whole point is, like, try something new and, like, move into your comfort zone having to do those things. So, yeah, I, you know, we did actually think the bucket hat would work, but it was just a no-go, like, total no-go. But, yeah. That's That's funny. funny. I know when, like, especially when you're in these commercial groups that are just there, you know, like, you very much have to fit 
a mold in terms of what they want you to look like and how they want you to sound. And so sometimes you have to wear things you don't want to be wearing. And so that happened with the Philharmonic on the sing-off. Like yes. We were putting out outfits we did not want to be wearing. And we had to wear things that like we didn't particularly like. But what's you know important to realize is that you learn how to like what fits the commercial need at that moment. Yeah, and I, I will say like this kind of also goes for dance and I'm assuming it also goes for singing is like confidence changes the perception yes. of certain oh, yeah. things. It's so weird, but it's so true. And I mean, it's, you know, confidence that you like enjoy the final product. So you do have to do a little bit of convincing and it's like making it what you like to do, but also, you know, fitting what's the need at the moment, you know? So in a kind of example of this, I know this is kind of a stretch, but like for the riff offs, there are times where like we want to do a song a certain way or like it makes sense to do it in a certain genre, but in terms of like what you need to do for that, how it needs to convey a certain story in that moment on the riff off, you can't do the song, which is normally angry, which would probably sound cooler angry, but like, no, it's the come together song. Like this is when you have fun together. So like you can't sing it that way. And so there's just always small things that get in that way, but you have to realize that it's a, it's a business. Um, So if they want you to wear all white and a baggy shirt, like there might be a clothing sponsor that's attached to that. You got to wear it, but you have to like it. When we come back, let's, we can talk about, um, you know, BGYO and just P-pop in general, how they get to this position and the groups that have, you know, come before or come after, how they, you know, get to be who they are now. Hey guys, Liza Soberano here. Honest, unfiltered conversations about mental health are hard to come by these days. It's about time for some real talk. Join me as I journey with people from all walks of life and get candid about stress, anxiety, and our well-being on an open mind wherever you get your podcasts. In the second half of the video, we'll talk about, you know, one sort of thing that BGYO touched on, which was their daily schedule, where they have dance rehearsal from nine to noon every day. Yes, every single day. I'd be so in shape if I did that. That's crazy. <laughs> so who's, who's training them? Like, where are they oh getting So their dance coach is actually a previous PBB star. So this is how I look at it from a holistic view. A lot of Korean entertainment actually uses Filipinos, you know, Filipino choreographers, one of them being like Brian Puspos. And we've covered it in our in our Chismis video in terms of like Filipinos who have contributed to the Korean culture entertainment movement. But yeah, so their specific dance coach was actually a reality TV star who enjoyed dancing. And, you know, he has a really great career within Philippine entertainment. But yeah, it's actually cool to see their creative team and what their background is because they were very methodical in terms of like how they approach building a p-pop group yeah so how would you say that bgyo in their terms of like their rehearsal setup and like how would they you know were so crafted to be how they're different from someone like sb19 i mean the first distinction is like sb19 had i want to say two years head start Mm in terms of when they were created. I think SB19 had launched in 2018. I think BGYO had launched in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, sorry, backtrack. Thank you so much. Coach Mickey is the name of their their dance coach. Oh, okay. Okay. But BGYO launched in January of 2021. So um, SB19 had a couple of years ahead of them. Um, Not that like there is this like linear look of like success or whatever. 
But a lot of people were actually able to watch the growth of BGYO because before they had launched, they weren't known as BGYO the entire time that they were training and they were training during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They were all stuck inside a house together um, and they were just called the Star Hunt Academy trainees. Yeah. So sometimes you might hear them called the Shah Boys, S-H-A, Shah oh. Boys, because Star Hunt Academy. Yeah. And so that was Star Hunt Academy um, was actually created as an initiative to launch P-pop groups. And you'll actually see it in various um, um Philippine entertainment. So so SB19 is created under ShowBT. That's a Korean entertainment. Um, BGYO and Beanie under ABS-CBN. Um, there's Vision. Yeah, so Vision, another new group, is created under Cornerstone. And then I think Viva has another group. And there actually are other Korean companies that are creating P-pop groups. Interesting. Not just um, ShowBT. And so all of these groups go through a similar sort of like their 9 to 5 is literally just Oh, yeah. And it's crazy because like they actually cast very young. Yeah. Like I think the cutoff, which is already on the older side, is like 25. Wow. Yeah. I had some like friends here who love K-pop um, here in America. And they're like, oh, we saw that like Kumu has top class and they're recruiting the next P-pop group. And it's like the cutoff was 25. And they're like 27. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, yeah, you can't be a can't be a boy. Start a boy band at 25. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That would be crazy, right? Um, anyway, um, so this, you know, process in terms of like the working, like dancing all during the day and then the voice lessons at night, like are they, this sound, This really seems like it's like an all-encompassing thing. It's like their entire life. Yeah, and you know what? I think I think people who go into a P-pop group, they know this. They know that they're committing to this life. Um, and I think that's also why when we see like their one down reacts and talking about Philharmonic, they can recognize all the like K-pop songs because K-pop really was the blueprint and they understand what they're getting into. And they, in a sense, like really adore all of these idols because they're so talented and that's what they want for themselves. I know a lot of, at least for BGYO, they had different parts within entertainment industry as in like Aki was an actor and he was in a couple of indie movies and then Nate of course was um a dancer and he was on a dance competition show and and Jello was also a dancer and he was with a dance team and they were doing competitions and so they all were in different um places of entertainment and so them kind of accomplishing their own like goals and going into entertainment it was you know they knew what they were getting into in joining a p-pop group there's anything that you would change about like this video now that it's out and published if you could pick one thing from this video that you could like stress more that like if you take away one thing from this watching it what would it be well i think when people look at k-pop they love the music and they love the dance and you know there's even like dance classes that are dedicated just to k-pop choreography and there's that same level of enjoyment that's possible with p-pop and a lot of people don't know it yet. And I know after this experience, my entire perception of P-pop changed. Mm-hmm. It actually felt more relatable and, and accessible to me, which is weird because like I'm Filipino. So like listening to P-pop doesn't have to feel weird, but because I'm Filipino American and I can't speak Tagalog, it could feel almost as foreign as like K-pop might. Yeah. But it just felt so accessible to me. And like, I've never learned K-pop choreography. So having to go through the choreography and like learning P-pop, I understand the excitement of like doing it with your idol group or like doing it with your bias or whatever. Like I actually got to perform with them and I, I felt it. And I think that's the cool part. And I would hope that anyone who sees this 
is able to visualize themselves as like me or like, you know, just this like random fan who gets to enjoy that. I really think that is the appeal of like pop, like Asian pop, whatever pop. That's the appeal that you get to be part of that. And I think that's why like everything sells out as compared to any other artists where like, you know, maybe the appeal is like, oh, I like love your message or I love your vocals. Like it's that feeling of being able to be part of it. So their journey and their success is also ours. And I think that's what contributes to the fandom. Do you feel lost, doubting yourself and tired? You question your worth and existence? Well, I'm here for you. Hey, this is Gaily Chavez, and I'm the host of Free Yourself Podcast. My podcast talks about self-love, self-discovery, and growth. This is for everyone who wants to live their fullest life and become the person that they could be. Let me help out and remind you that this is your life, your path, that you are not broken and you are worth it. Catch me every Friday at 8 p.m. See ya! At the end of every episode, we do a little medienda, a little media snack, something that we've been watching and or listening to that we think you should also check out. Um, so Leo, what is your medienda for this week? My medienda is actually one of BGYO's songs and it's called He's Into Her. And one of the things that's super cool is because BGYO is is developed under ABS-CBN, you actually see them appearing in a lot of their um, productions. So He's Into Her is this huge drama series in the Philippines. And then PBB or Pinoy Brig Brother, which was also produced alongside Kumu, they just had their season finale and BGYO had performed. So check out He's Into Her. I love the song. I love the music video. In the future, I would actually love to direct a P-pop music video. So who BGYO, knows? If you're who, listening. who knows when that'll happen? But sixth member now is the director. Yeah, yeah, one day I'm going to um, direct a, a P-pop music video, and it's going to be so hype. But check out "He's Into Her" the song by BGYO. And, nice. Yeah. This is stupid, but this is what my media end for this week is. You know, we just put out the K-pop versus P-pop riff off uh, with the Philharmonic and our Korean acapella group that we made up. Um, and you know, we're trying to think about like what to do next in terms of like our riff offs and. Um, different genres and how these like we could you know recreate how well this video is doing into other you know topics and genres and so I actually went back and rewatched um, the first Pitch Perfect movie mm-hmm. like the finale song that the main character group does oh and, on stage yeah yeah and in, in, in Pitch Perfect the movie is based off of the competition ICCA which you know real college groups they do and they do 10 minute long sets and this was to tell this full story within a three song three to four song medley of songs basically this is to tell a full story and the ones that win every year are like the ones that really like get something across they make they tell a full story just in you know pop songs and i went back and watched the barton bella's icca performance at the end of the first movie and it works so well because they tell a full story and like the layout is the same thing that all college groups do but you have an entire movie's worth of background and so when they do these songs like they all like are resolving plot lines from the two hours that you've been watching beforehand and it's just so smart and i'm just trying to find a way for us to recreate riff-offs that tell stories even though we don't have a two-hour movie that goes before it (laughs) interesting um so yeah i was watching the pitch perfect riff-offs and medleys that tell full stories in four minute 
musical montages. You know, one argument that people can make is like, that story, at least when you're constructing the K-pop versus P-pop video, is there. Because even when you see the BGYO reaction, they're like, oh, it's it's Beanie. Oh my gosh, now it's it's Twice and it's Guy singing this like traditionally this all-girl yeah. K-pop song. And then the, they were saying like, oh, they're fighting and now they're going to come back stronger. And like, oh, now they're together. Like you kind of, because you understand K-pop and they live in the world of P-pop, they have this background that's contextual to them. And so... Um, the story's already there because the audience the knows there. that they're comparing yes. Yes, yes, what, yes. what we're comparing. And so, you know, I would, the, my medienda is really me figuring out how these musical montages can tell a full story when you don't have a two hour film before. Yes. Because I think even our most popular videos like flashlight is just so clear that like that went viral. Cause we were in pitch perfect, you know, like, and there's a story that we got to sing against the Barton Bellas in the movie. And now we're singing a version of it. You know, like there's just always a, you know, a little bit of a story behind the three minute song. So yeah, just trying to figure out what the next riff hop's going to be. So pitch perfect blueprint for it. Nice. Nice. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of The Cheese Me's Cancelled. We will be back next Friday with another episode. You can listen on any single podcast app, but you should head over to Spotify where you can actually watch this video podcast happen. We also stream every single Monday evening uh, live, so you can take part of the conversations that we have um, on the app. Uh, so until next time, see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>